Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help our listeners from Los Angeles to Long Island make your second half of life even better than the first. As we reach our middle ages, most people say they want to continue aging in place, living in their current house as long as possible. And as we enter the third year of this shifting pandemic, many families who have spent a whole lot more time at home have decided that, well, they really like their place, and now is the time to invest in it. So as interior designer Daphne Adler points out, homeowners are transforming aging in place to living in place, creating a plan for the future that begins in the present. In today's episode, Daphna, the principal of her own interior design firm, talks about a number of components of universal design, which incorporates design features from multiple generations, which may require some renovations or modifications to accommodate changing needs as we age. But Daphna goes further, taking into account both aesthetic and functional issues that improve safety, comfort, and the daily quality of life. She'll talk about how people tend to perceive colors differently as they age, how lighting becomes even more critical, especially on steps, how to declutter rooms and choose comfortable chairs, and ways to bring nature indoors to take advantage of the calming and comforting benefits of the natural world. And Daphne will spell out how to plan ahead to get the changes that matter to your life now while adding value that lasts as you age. So now, let's meet today's guest, Daphne Adler. Daphne, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ron. Happy to be here. Great. So before we get into the actual topic, uh, I just wanted, I'm always interested in backgrounds of my, my guests because people um, have things of interest to say to the 45 forward crowd, but they've also had interesting careers themselves and interesting journeys. So tell me a little bit about your background, about how you got to where you are today. Okay. So interior design is a second career for me. Mm-hmm. I uh, started out actually in the computer industry. Uh, completely different. Um, I was a a computer programmer, but um, it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, When I was uh, much younger, I had a dream of going into the architecture and to a design world. And for a variety of uh, personal reasons, I ended up uh, as a computer programmer, but design back and be back. And I did go at middle age to back Mm -hmm. to school. And I uh, did study interior design, and um, and now I'm doing what I was meant to do all along. And I used my experience that I gained in the computer knowledge that I have makes it easier for me to use the tools that are available these days. The experience that I got in the corporate world um, in terms of managing projects uh, is something that is very useful for me now in order to make projects happen on time and on, in budget. So the yeah. skills never get lost. Right, right. That's that's a great story. I, I think that happens to a lot of people more than we realize. But but I think that that's something that's becoming clear to people that it's you know, career is an evolving thing, you know. It's not, uh, and even when you're younger, you don't really know what what drives your passion. You sort of discover it, you know. So we have what we call eh, not quite accidental careers, but certainly evolving careers. So 
So I'm, gl- I'm glad you've taken this one. So, um, so let's uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, living in place, uh, you know, because I know that uh, I've done, you know, quite a bit of work about aging in place, but a lot of it, you know, w- when we first met, you know, I, I thought your approach was interesting because it incorporated a lot more things. Usually when I talk to people about, you know, aging in place, it's like, all right, making accommodations, you know, in, in bathrooms and in kitchens and so forth, some of which you do. But we'll talk a little bit about your perception about changing from aging in place to, to living in place and what, what your clients are asking you for. Right. So it, what I find is if we stay in the house and we don't modify, uh, houses were built differently. Uh, many of the houses that were built 1940s, 1950s, 1960s were built a little bit differently. And if something happens as we grow older, um, somebody falls, breaks a a hip, uh, has difficulty walking, and all of a sudden you need to make changes, um, they have to be done quickly in order for that person to move back into the house. So uh, there isn't as much time to uh, think about doing it right. And uh, it it also costs a lot more when you have to do something last minute and you have to bring somebody in to um, make changes. And especially now during COVID times, it's a lot harder to get everything done and quickly. What I find is that after living in a house for several decades, many people, middle-aged, start to think about renovating, updating, and that's the time to really plan the plan the space, plan the materials that will be used, and plan um, the lighting and all the things that are involved in design. Um, so that may mean opening up the doorways and the hallways mm-hmm. to f- wider room. It may mean uh, installing LED lights so that you have uh, good lighting uh, as you go along and uh, or in bathrooms, you need uh, grab bars. If you're already going to make up, redo those rooms, then there are a lot of considerations into what you could put in um, and what you can prepare for the future. Right, right. And I think that, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, a lot of people, myself included, have spent a lot more time at home. And I think that you start realizing, you know, I, I, you know when in earlier days when I was commuting to work, you know, some, you know, for a period in the city and so forth. Um, it was just a time of, okay, you just came back and you're, you're, unfortunately your house was sort of a waste station between, you know, I mean, obviously you spent time with your family, but you spent time, a lot of time outside the house. So I think that with the pandemic, it has had the uh, impact of, of making people think, and, and I can attest to this myself, like, Oh, wait a minute, I really enjoy our place. You know, it's really has a lot of capability and a lot of potential, and I enjoy being here. And so you've mentioned that people are now saying they want to invest in their house and they want to do it start now. And and as you started to say before, while you're thinking about the future, you know, what things make sense right now that, that also will make sense in the future. I mean, for me, things like, you know, grab bars in the bathroom or well, we have we're lucky to have fairly wide hallways, but things like that are useful right now. And you can really make use of it um, in your current life. Right. So what I find is uh, for people who are working from home now or spending more time at home, the multi-purpose room has become 
much more common. So a lot of requests for a room that's both an office and a guest room mm-hmm. or, um, or, or a mudroom and a laundry room. And uh, for specifically for planning ahead, um, the laundry room would probably, instead of being in the basement where it used to be, you might want to bring it up to the main level or a bedroom, master bedroom suite. That used to be upstairs may want to be on the main level. So then now you're shifting the location of of these rooms, and and when you're doing that, also preparing for being able to use it for multiple purposes, mm-hmm. because we are spending more time at home. Some right. people want um, a gym at home, and they want a, a an office, and they want. Um, Perhaps they want to, they need another place for the kids to play because they're working in another bedroom. So more uh, spaces that can be used for multiple purposes. Right, right. Now, of course, the pandemic has had an effect on on our planning and actually getting things done. You know, so it's harder to get things done. So, what should people be thinking about in terms of planning ahead? How, how much planning do we require these days? Mm-hmm. Right. So what I recommend in, in, when I do uh, actually any room, uh, mm-hmm. let, let, let's take a bathroom, for example. I recommend that all the items that are needed to, to make, complete the room be ordered in advance and stored in the house so it's, because it can take several months for materials to come in. And if you start a project and right away need items, you're going you're gonna to only be able to choose for something that's in stock. And, those, and that's not always um, easy with the issues that we have now, containers and COVID and things coming in from overseas. I would order everything, store it in one place, in the garage or another room. Once all the items are in and check to make sure that they're accurate and nothing's broken, then you start the project. And then it could go a lot faster and a lot easier, fewer problems, um, and everything is, uh, is, is much more, um, it's thought out ahead of time, but mm-hmm. the execution is much faster and right. easier. Right, right. Yeah, kind of like uh, <laughs> when you're making a meal, right? Like get all those ingredients and put them out there and do all the, yeah. you know, the, the sous chef work early, you know, get it all done. And then, then the, when you actually make the meal, it'll go a lot faster and searching for stuff constantly. But uh, so are, are there any particular issues these days with things that are hard to get or, or you know, are, in other words, are there still these supply chain issues? Are we still facing that? Yes, that's, that's really a, a serious problem. Small things that can, you know, like switch plates, um, you know, you, you, could, you can get it, uh, used to be able to get it in a day or, or a week. Now, I may, be a, may have to wait months until a specific item, a specific color comes in. Um, and also dates that I receive for when an item will be in seem to get pushed back more and more. So, you can't really rely on... Um, a promise from your source that an item will be in stock in two months because there are delays between the shipping delays and trucking delays and um, and other uh, people getting sick and not showing up to work. Uh, all of this is causing the supply chain, creating a problem when you have a project to do. So if you are have a room 
that you're are not using often. Let's say you're doing mm-hmm. a living room and, and uh, that's not, and you don't have a deadline to when you need to get it done. You can probably, you know, order this, you know, and wait six months to a year until all the items come in. But if you're doing a bathroom, which is functional and you need it, I would say, take my approach. Right. Get everything right. in first. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, you've mentioned before, you know, with this sort of planning, you'll also have a better chance of getting what you actually want. I think if you're, if you're, if you, if you basically crunch the time, things change, things may go wrong, and you don't have as much flexibility. This way, you know, you, you know, especially when a lot of these renovations, I guess the, the ones that, um, is it still the ones that um, are, are people doing still a lot of kitchen work and bathroom work? What what kinds of things are they doing most these yeah, days? Yeah, uh, everything. Um, there is there's um, there are a lot of changes in design style in the kitchen, um, and when it comes to the aging in in place or living in place specifically, mm-hmm. uh, what I find is useful to think about in the kitchen is. Uh, being able to see, let's say you open up a drawer and the light automatically comes on mm-hmm. or uh, being able to reach um, items that are too high up or too far down. To, as we get older, it's hard for us to think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something we want to think about, but it get, does get harder to bend all the way down and reach something in the back of a drawer or to reach all the way up at the top of the cabinet. So there are... Um, there are specific things that are uh, that have been designed to, to make that easier. There are cabinets where you can pull down the mechanism, and instead of reaching up with your hand, you can just pull down the shelves. There are um, uh, certain drawers that are just easier to uh, get. And the way it's designed, it's easier to reach for whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, also, depending on the height of the counter, can be modified. Um, yeah, those are some. And, and good lighting, where you place the lighting. And uh, definitely under cabinet lighting is critical for tasks, for mm-hmm. food preparation or for whatever tasks, and overhead lighting. Uh, using LED lights uh, in key areas is very, very important. Right, right. And what I've discovered personally is uh, over the years, uh, you know, if you want to have dimmable lights, now that I'm discovering things I never realized with the, when the lights start blinking and like what's going on, you've got to buy dimmable LED lights. Yes. You know, you've got to have it uh, compatible with the switches that you've got. And that's correct. You know, so stuff like that. It's like, yeah, there's a, there are a lot of considerations. I never, you know, <laughs> never thought there was so much changing a light bulb, but, but, but there is, um, you know, so uh, yeah. And I think yeah. what you mentioned too, that we discovered in our kitchen too, that, uh, you know, my, my wife and I are, you know, on the shorter side. Um, and, and I think that's something to really, you know, think about, uh, because I, I do think some people who are, you know, involved in renovation, you know, contractors are taller. It's like, yes, you're taller. But, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, other than the stuff that's too down, far, far down below, I think that is an issue of, of you know, if you're going to um, redo things, thinking about, about the height. Because I think that, especially as we get older, right? I mean, you know, that people say, well, 
you know, avoid getting up on steps, ladders and stools and reaching too high, you know, put the stuff that you want where you're going to really use it mostly. And I think that that that's made a big difference for me, figuring out where to put stuff that I use it all the time and then stuff that you don't use all the time, you know, put somewhere else, you know. Even the faucet and the faucet levers, um, they are they should be easy to reach and easy to control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that depends on the design that you choose of, of those controls. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I think that that's uh, both with the levers on the faucets and the, and the, the door handles, right? right. The, instead of the rotary door handles, right. you know, have the levers that are easier to press down as you get older, you know, turning yeah. and, and so forth. Yeah. And as yeah. far as lighting is concerned, I also found that those of us that grew up on, with incandescent lighting mm-hmm. uh, have to get used to the LED. LED lighting is, is not measured in wattages the way the old incandescent bulbs are. So there are different Kelvin temperatures and people who are not aware of the type of lighting that's needed um, some people really are uncomfortable with uh, very bright white LED lights, and they right. do come and, and different temperatures means different lighting. So some of it is a little yellower, some of it is a little brighter. And depending on the color that's used for the cabinet and for the counter and the big items, mm-hmm. you need a different color temperature for the light. And I don't want to get more technical than that. Well, that's good. So well, actually, we're, we're coming up with a break right now. So we'll do a little bit more about lighting when we come back and break. But folks, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. There's much more to come with the interior designer, Daphne Adler. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you fully connected? We're all online in more ways than we can imagine. Our business, our family, our health, and our money are all part of the cyber-connected world, and it's getting more frightening every day. On My Connected Life, host Tyler Cohen-Wood takes you into the exciting world of cyber and shows you what you need to know right now to keep your cyber-connected life safe and your data within your control. Get all the information, the news you need to know, and a lot of fun and surprises. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety channel the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com
You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Daphne Adler, a leading interior designer, talking about accelerating the concept of aging place in the future to living in place right now, as well as the future. So before the break, we were talking to Daphne about um, lighting and the importance of different kinds of lighting. And she was talking about, you know, bright lighting, incandescent lighting, uh, LED lighting. Uh, And then also, you know, she and I have talked before about just different lighting, but also different colors. Let's talk a little bit more about colors and what they mean, because that's something I hadn't thought about until we, we talked about it before. Yes, as as we age, we do perceive color differently. Uh, it seems that the color the color in the blue range mm-hmm. becomes harder to see. Some people develop cataracts, maybe just the beginning of it, and they may not even be aware that the duck that the colors look um, a little uh, harder to discern. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, when you're looking at, at Colors that are muted, they may look a little muddy, a little unclear, um, and you may not even be aware. Um, mm-hmm. So having colors with strong contrast is really important. Mm-hmm. And that's particularly important when it comes to depth perception. Uh, your steps um, in order to be able or any changing elevation, the sunken living rooms, um, you know, if there's a step up to any room, uh, it's important to show that there is a difference in color in order to prevent somebody accidentally falling or tripping. Um, and even the color of fabrics on mm-hmm. furniture, uh, it, it should be uh, more saturated. And uh, you can still use the blue. Blue is still blue. It just mm-hmm. may appear not as... Um, not as not not accurate um Mm. and so it's important to know what colors you're putting next to it in order to make that color stand out now lighting works directly with color because if you put a uh, an incandescent bulb an incandescent bulb tends to have a yellow cast if you put it next to a blue yellow and blue creates the a a sort of a, a green cast to it Mm. and that changes the way uh, an item can look Um, when you put an led with kelvin temperature 2700 if we get technical that's as close to incandescent if we go with kelvin temperature 3000 that's more like daylight and that's more white light and uh, that may be a little bit brighter Mm -hmm. uh, in the room anything beyond a kelvin temperature uh, of 3000 in my mind should not be used in a residential space because Mm -hmm. that's much too white, much too bright and harsh and then changes the way colors and the way a room feels. You want um, rooms in your home to be cozy and comfortable and, and, uh, and the lighting should remain between in the, in that range. Right. So when I look at it, I see daylight. Is that that's too harsh? No, daylight of? is fine. Kelvin okay. temperature three thousand is fine, but okay. not more than that. So okay. there are some bulbs that are shown 
to be a residential lighting, 4,000, 5,000, now stay away from those bulbs because right. they're much too harsh and too hard. And uh, at any age, but in particular for those of us that are aging and uh, and have grown up with those incandescent lights, those bright, bright lights are just not comfortable. Right, right. Although there, yes. And, and the one area though, that I think you touched on briefly, but perhaps again, we should talk about it. It's just having uh, enough lighting though, whether not, not too bright, but around stairs and, and, you know, where there are changes in direction in the room. Cause I think that's something that I've noticed that I'm, you know, I'm not quite as, um, I don't know, intuitive in my, or fluid in my motions. And so, I need a little brighter light to differentiate where I'm going and especially on stairs, you know, um, right. where you right. tend to, you know, you, there are balance issues as you get older, you try to minimize the, the, them, but, but they're there. Yeah. So also you want to avoid anything that may be a potential tripping hazard. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, lower pile rug um, and, uh, and, or area rug, or even stairs on the stairs. If you, you can have a runner, but as long as it's not a high pile where uh, you can potentially, um, uh, depending on how the the rug is is put on there, um, or the runner, uh, and if there is already, if that if if those are already on the steps, then I, you can put lighting on the side on the tread of uh, every few steps. You can mm -hmm. put in uh, a light, so this way you can really see where you're going when you're going up steps. And that, and that uh, may prevent a potential hazard. Right, right. Yeah, I think when you mentioned the rugs, that, that was one thing I recall in my, my mom's house years ago um, was an issue, you know, where there was, a, you know, you had, uh, you know, all these hardwood floors and they were nice floors and they wanted to have throw rugs and to leave the, the floors exposed. It's like, well, that's nice, but, but they're tripping hazards, you know, and and that's yeah, it. I wouldn't take away the rugs. You just have to know that there has to be a rug that is uh, either you can also secure the corners of the rug. So if somebody, uh, you know, starts to uh, is not looking where they're not going, where they're going or they uh, as we get older, it's harder to to walk, lift up the leg. Some people begin to shuffle just low pile uh, and, and the corners should be secure. Right. And in right. the living room also, I feel that it's important to have, or in any room, uh, your seating should be a little bit higher up than mm -hmm. what we used to be. It's a lot, it gets a lot harder. People's knees start to hurt or it's a lot harder to get up from a seating position. So um, the chairs, the sofas, the even the toilet seat should be mm -hmm. at a, a higher, higher level and, uh, and having uh, arms on these uh, seats is probably uh, a good idea. Right, right. Yeah, I, I've noticed that myself. You know, I get in these comfortable chairs. It's like, okay, now I've got to get up, you know, and <laughs> these these chairs that where you sink in them, it's like, well, that's um, that, that's an issue, yeah, getting yeah, up. You don't yeah. have to give up on comfort. Mm -hmm. These the All of these chairs and sofas and all of the, the – you can still have comfort – it just has to be at the right kind of cushions, the right kind of um, of design, so that so that 
if you're sinking back into a sofa, you have if you have a handle on the side that can help you lift up, that's already helpful. Right. So you don't have to be on a stiff piece of wood in order right. to have a, a comfortable home. Right. And and that's appropriate for when you age. Right. Right. And one of the things that I, I know is an issue too is um, one can talk about clutter, but even just sort of spacing. You know, as you get older, about you know having um, you know, an environment where you can move around easily, you know, not bumping into things, not having sharp edges, you know, you know, obviously, you know, I guess as we get older too, there, there are dual purposes. One for yourself, not bumping into it and having sharp edges. And then if you have grandchildren come over the same thing, right? Yes. So I, um, the way to avoid sharp edges is to, uh, let's say have a, let's say a living room, have a, a round or an oval, coffee table mm-hmm. um, or even uh, a dining room table that uh, doesn't have uh, a sharp uh, corner. Uh, but more importantly, if there's enough space to walk around, so in order to avoid that, before I go in and recommend any sort of piece of furniture, I always create a space plan, a two-dimensional space plan where every item in the room is measured and placed on on a paper or computer or whatever it is and then make sure that there is enough space to be able to walk around every piece of furniture hmm. um, and this way you can avoid bumping into it if there's if there's too much furniture in the room you're likely to bump into it or, and and potentially hurt yourself and yeah, I, yeah I think that's one of the things is you know you know, less is more, right? I mean, you can, uh, I think that sometimes we just try to crowd too many things into a room and it's just like not a good idea to, to be able to maneuver around easily and safely, I think becomes yeah. an issue, you know, as you get older. You know? Well, right. What I find also is that people, it's good to put some thought into the into a room about how you're going to use it, what you might want to store there. Because then what happens is people start to say, oh, okay, I have a bunch of magazines, I have a bunch of books, I have a bunch of things that start to clutter up in a room. And if you have a place for it, if there's no room on the floor, there's always room uh, to hang stuff on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are other ways. If you have a place for everything, if you think ahead and plan and have a place for everything, then you can avoid clutter. And when you avoid clutter, you create more space and there's more room to breathe and it looks aesthetically better and it's safer also. Right, right. Yeah, we, we've talked before even about, you know, if you have chairs around a table or something or around, you know, the, the room itself, um, if you're not really using them on a, on a regular basis, you know, put them away. Just bring them out when you need them, Right. Yes, I had a I had a client that um, had special. Uh, we we had you know regular dining room, but every once in a while, the holidays, uh, we had uh, folding chairs that matched the regular chairs. Mm-hmm. But there was no if you just stick it in the corner of the room. First of all, clutters the room, and secondly, there's no need for it on, except for those few occasions. So we actually built in the closet a place to hide those chairs, and then they're away and it's not far from the dining room, but they're not, they're not there taking up 
room and taking up and, and creating clutter when they're not used. Uh, so th- there's so many things that you can uh, hide and and make a room feel clean and and organized. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that uh, people talk about, um, you know, um, de-stressing, you know, that, that there's a, a stressing element of clutter that <laughs> I experienced myself. It's just like you can't, you know, uh, and you just, you just can't think as clearly sometimes that there's too much stuff around. So, you know, you don't have to be austere, but there are certain uh, things that you can do. Um, and some of the, one of the things that you've mentioned before on occasion is even stuff that you have on, you know, like pictures and things like that on tables or pieces of furniture, you know, if you want them, put them on the wall, figure out a way to put right. them on the wall. Yeah. Or if you have a lot of um, standing uh, photos, uh, put uh, floating shelves on the wall and place mm-hmm. them on shelves if that's important to you. If you have knickknacks that are sitting on surfaces, um, that can create visual clutter. Right. So you want to have it, um, you know, nicely set up. You can put collections, uh, picture frames. Right, right, right. Now, um, yeah, I think that... um, they're, they're just thinking about the the rooms as, as you mentioned it before, kind of how how you want this uh, to look all the time and to things that you enjoy all the time, um, as opposed to just um, um, having stuff that's sort of randomly placed and basically you know create an issue for you. Um, now there there are other ways. What are other thoughts that you know you've you've mentioned to me that there are ways that you can. Um, you know, bring nature into the house as well. Yes, yes. So uh, the the whole field of biophilia that has mm-hmm. become very popular recently, and there have been studies that show that when we immerse ourselves in nature, it helps improve our well being. It makes us feel more connected, and uh, and in the home, um, that's become a very uh, important. Uh, consideration. And when I do the design work, I always think about whether there's something after the basics, you know, after you have the functional items that you need in order to use the space, what are there some of the organic pieces that we can bring in mm-hmm. plants, trees? They don't, if you don't have the green thumb, you can put in fake trees and, you know, fake plants, but they still bring in an element of, um, of uh, nature that um, makes us feel more connected, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I, and that's very important. Um, or whether, or maybe even uh, the sound of water, uh, like a water piece that you can hear running. That's also very soothing. Um, you can bring in um, the, the smells of the ocean if that's something that you mm-hmm. enjoy. Um, you, it, it really can touch every sense and uh, and and makes a difference. Scientifically, makes a difference in the way we feel uh, every day in right. our home. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I should, yes, I, I, I often hear about, you know, plants are, are useful, you know, they're helpful. Um, they sort of balance out the, I guess, the oxygen carbon dioxide levels, but also, um, you know, to me, having something green in the house and just keeping it green, <laughs> remembering to water it is important. Um, but the, these are things which I think, um, yeah, I think that, that, that this has been a trend. I think that basically, you know, there's been a lot of work about how, especially during the pandemic about, you know, we've been inside a lot, you know, how do we get outside? How do we connect with nature? That there are lots of um, salutary effects of being out and outside. And I think in some ways, you know, that this is a good alternative to bring some of the outside inside, especially on days like today when it's cold outside. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't want to be outdoors, but you still want the outdoors in your home, um, a, a corner of a room might be a perfect place mm-hmm. to put a, a, a tall tree. Um, mm-hmm. Or uh, if you, in your entrance way, if you want to have this, the sound of water, you know, soothing, that's a very nice place to kind of as you come in to have the Zen-like effect. Um, there's a lot of uh, the Feng Shui uh, is, is mm-hmm. uh, in the home it is also about health and wellness. And that also is relevant to uh, putting the right uh, items in the room. Right. Um, so that we feel better about it. Right. Right. Yeah. I think for me, the, uh, <laughs> the most interesting case, I remember uh, visiting, uh, a good friend of mine years ago, he lived in Northern California, and uh, I visited their house in the country. And uh, my wife and I walked into their house and uh, looked in the middle of the house and there's a tree. And it's it's not only a tree, it's a redwood tree that, that was <laughs> growing in the middle of the house, which they felt was important. And I said, now that's, that's bringing nature inside, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Also, uh, daylight is very important. If a house mm-hmm. is being designed you know, from, uh, you know, I guess, I guess on a more, in a more concrete way, bringing in uh, t- windows that bring in a lot of natural daylight is also mm-hmm. as another way to allow us to feel nature um, instead of having um, all these incandescent lighting that we were talking about before. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, yeah, so uh, we, there's there's a good bit more to talk about, um, but uh, we're coming up to another break. We're going to take another short break uh, shortly, um, and uh, you know when we come back, uh, I don't want don't go away. We have a good last segment coming up, folks. Uh, we're we're talking with Daphne Adler, leading interior designer. Um, so uh, we're gonna, again, we'll take a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with interior designer Daphne Adler about how to think about aging place to improve where you live right now and in the future. Um, so, Daphne, uh, in terms of... It, what sorts of resources are there out there for folks to, to find out more about aging place, interior design, and also including your work? All right. So, um, I could talk about uh, some projects that I've done mm-hmm. um, that are specific to aging in place. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll start with um, uh, bathrooms, which mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, modified to accommodate. Uh, they don't... There, there is a difference between aging in place and then creating something and that's ADA, which is uh, for people with wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. But it is something to think about um, when planning um, a bathroom, making it large enough so that in case one day somebody will need more space, mm-hmm. come in with a wheelchair or walker uh, or whatever it is. So there's, there's room in, in the space, um, wider doors. I would pay attention to transitions, any okay. transition from room to room, making sure that the threshold doesn't have a step that you can, you have to lift your foot and potentially be a hazard. Potentially you can even stub your toe. So you can create thresholds that have what they call a Hollywood bevel so that there is, it's kind of uh, a more of an, a smooth uh, transition mm-hmm. of the threat between floor to floor, um, so you don't bump into it. And having uh, showers instead of bathtubs. A lot of people are choosing to take out the bathtubs. You don't Mm -hmm. have to climb into it and creating and putting in showers. And the showers that I put in are... um, Barrier-free showers, meaning that there is that it that there is no barrier between the f- shower floor and the main bathroom floor. Right. But this can't be done without some forethought because otherwise all the water is going to flood your bathroom. Hmm. So there has to be the the floor has to be tilted or shifted somewhat to go so that you catch all the water that's coming down from the shower head into, uh, into the drain. Right. Um, I've used linear drains so that, uh, you know, the water is captured in, in uh, the right amount, uh, in the right space, uh, instead of flooding the whole bathrooms. Um, and creating a, a door that is wide enough, putting in a seat, 
in the in the shower so that you you know in case and of course the grab bars that we spoke right. about earlier uh if you're not ready to put in grab bars then at least you can prepare the wall behind the tiles so that it has enough what they call blocking which is right. so it's strong enough to be able to put in grab bars in the future and you don't have to break walls and 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 do all that. Uh, also, aesthetically, grab bars now don't have to be very industrial looking. They can right. be aesthetic and pretty, and that's the kind of uh, look. So I have examples of some bathrooms that I've done on my website, mm. um, which you can take a look at and see that they look just like any other bathroom, but they're functional and they they work very well. Um, yeah, I think and, that the you know, I just think that, you know, as you said, you can do this aesthetically and, and really it um, certainly you could say, well, this is more helpful as you get older and perhaps don't have quite as good balance, but, but really it's good for any age. I mean, anybody of any age can slip suddenly, you know, and the floors can be slippery. Um, and so I, I don't see any reason to wait for things like grab bars. They're, 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 they're useful at, you know, you know, that's, of course, they call them universal design. It's universally good for any right. age, you know, and for for little kids, too. They can, they can, or, or you know, younger people. And there's no, you know, there, there, there's always an opportunity for an accident or fall. And it, I think we should just you know, not wait for that time. Yeah. So another thing that's important is the type of material that you use um, on the floor, in the shower. If you're using tile, I would use small tile. So there's a lot of grout. Because uh -huh. the soap can make the floor very slippery if it's a large tile. Um, and then you would need those grab bars to stay, to prevent yourself from falling. But mm. you would want the floor. I also avoid uh, shiny or uh, marble on the floor because of, in order to prevent slippage. Right, right. Yeah, one of the issues, I, I happen to like the idea of a bathtub and, and we, you know, we have one, but in, in our house, but I, I, I know what you're saying. It's, they're problematic. I mean, stepping into them, stepping out of them. I guess that there, there are new designs where you can, there's a, a door that you can, you know, get into a bathtub, right? The, in and out. Um, but it's also hard to get, get up. You know, you're sitting there and yes, you can have, you know, sort of grab bars on a tub, but it, it takes some doing, you know, and, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're not at the same <laughs> where we have like, you know, these tilting chairs, you can tilt yourself up upright. We don't have tilting bathtubs that you can do no. that. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't invented that yet. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, there have been, there are bathtubs with, with doors. Um, I personally don't use them because mm -hmm. uh, there have been problems with leaks from those doors. So I don't generally don't recommend them. Right, 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 but right. Maybe there's new design out there that I'm not aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, now what are the, uh, what kinds of costs we talked about? I mean, obviously it varies a lot, but are the, it seems to me that from what I've uh, read in various places, um, the cost effectiveness of making these kinds of changes are, are largely in bathrooms and kitchens in terms of, preserving value in a house, right? 
Yeah, the most uh, bang for the buck is really uh, a kitchen renovation or bathroom renovation. That's where there are the most improvements that that you can get your your value and your money back from that. Um, It also is important to know that it really doesn't cost much more or or much. uh, There really isn't a difference in terms of building uh, an aging in place appropriate kitchen or bathroom because Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of understanding how the materials are applied and where to put it. So it's really worth the investment for personally and, and monetarily uh, because you're not, you're not paying a lot more if you're already doing the renovation. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of the other things that you recommended in terms of just the spacing of things and looking at the furniture and, is really about forethought, not too much expenses, yes. you know, just thinking about really what it is that you want to do in your, and how you live. Yeah. So I say before you build a house, you generally have an architect draw plans and then mm-hmm. they build the house. Right. I think when it comes to design, it's just as important to have plans and to know where the furniture is going to be, what size it's going to be, where it's going to sit in the room, and to think it through beforehand. And you save yourself a lot of cost and mistakes by planning ahead. And working with a professional also saves a lot of uh, potential mistakes of having uh, furniture that is scaled appropriately into the room uh, and that is proportional, that works well, functionally, as well as aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you seeing any trends in terms of, you know, people these days um, shifting from traditional designs to more modern or are there any kind of changes that you that you see happening? Yeah, well, I think that the most popular designs I've seen is a transitional design. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is taking a traditional design mm-hmm. and sort of updating it. I see it in every in every aspect, whether it's in fabric or color or rugs or a style, so that it's somewhere between the contemporary and the traditional. Mm-hmm. It's called transitional design. Transitional, and, okay. and, uh, and that aesthetic seems to be the most popular uh, in the younger generation that is um, slowly aging in place are also interested in mid-century design, you know, mm-hmm. sort of the na- thin, narrow legs and uh, clean lines and no clutter, le- more straight lines. What's definitely coming back mm-hmm. uh, in terms of design trend is the art deco look. A lot of rounded pieces, a lot mm. of, of uh, uh, the, I go down to uh, North Carolina to see what they have in terms of furniture. And the trend is definitely bringing back the art deco style, which is, um, which is actually very nice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because it, there are, it avoids those sharp angles we were talking about. Right, built right. In the furniture. Yeah, added benefit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more sculptural mm-hmm. um, and more uh, each each piece sort of makes a statement on its own. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And how about just uh, you know, we talked about um, you know, having uh, uh, kind of a design that that's universal for for um, for all ages. Are you seeing some of these things too come back because um I've, I've seen, you know, a fair amount of um, 
of writing about, um, you know, multi-generational households now. In some cases, you know, uh, for sometimes for economic reasons, sometimes for caregiving reasons, but there, there's more attention to having, you know, the uh, design because we're having multi-generations sort of coming, going back once again to the way things used to be. Yes, that's absolutely true. Actually, uh, I, I find that uh, that especially with COVID now, the mm-hmm. uh, younger people move back in with uh, their parents or uh, grandparents uh, uh, moving in with uh, their children. Um, and back to that whole concept of having uh, those spaces that are um, multi-purpose, um, mm-hmm. that becomes more and more important. The other, the other, and that's definitely related to that multi-generational. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I see is, uh, the open floor concept that was very popular for many years, COVID has kind of put a wrinkle in that because uh-huh. people are looking for places to have some privacy in order <laughs> right. to work. So uh, uh, having uh, a, a space that's flexible, if when you need it open, it's open. And when you need the privacy, you have your privacy. Um, that also creates a, another challenge in, right. in, in terms of uh, design. Right, right. Now, um, are there resources that that you can point people to in terms of uh, uh, either some websites or actually, I want to make sure that we uh, include your website as well. What? How can people reach you and your website? Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I have my website is Interiors by Daphna Adler, and okay. Daphna is spelled D-A-F-N-A, right. A-D-L-E-R. So Interiors by Daphna Adler dot mm-hmm. com. Right. Uh, and then uh, there are aging in place sites. Uh, if for very that mentioned many of the things that I spoke about today, um, and uh, just googling aging in place and come up with uh, several of these sites right, that right. Uh, list universal design um, and give you many of these suggestions. Right. Right. Right, and and I've been uh, a member for some time of an organization called the National Aging in Place Council. I believe their website for the public is um, agingplace.org. But so there are there are lots of resources out there. So uh, for for specific things about interior design, but also aging in place. So um, uh, well, we we've come to uh, the, the end of our program. I wish we had a little bit more time with you, but I'm, I'm I want just want to thank you so much for uh, being a great guest giving us lots of great material. Um, and I want to say to folks, um, if you missed uh, this um, interview with um, uh, Daphna, you can still catch my conversation with her uh, by going to voiceamerica.com. This will be available as a podcast. Just go to my show, 45 Forward. And you can also find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and go to my website, um, roelresources.com, and you can click on the 45 Forward um, uh channel there too. So um, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when I'll be talking with Elaine Miller-Karras, an author, social worker, and co-founder of the Trauma Resource Institute and the host of her own terrific radio show, Resiliency Within. So until then, folks, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. 